welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin. I'm a transformation and human design guide who is passionate about guiding women to be the most authentic versions of themselves. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-empowerment, wellness, healing, parenting, mental health, spirituality, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This podcast and this space is all about helping you along on your own self-project journey. So welcome. Let's sit back and we'll dive right in today. Welcome back to the show today. I'm very, very excited to have on the show today, Bridget Rudin, and Bridget is a certified Reiki practitioner, and she has an incredible story to share with us today, and so I would really love to just jump right in. Um, Bridget, if you didn't mind, would you give us more of a proper introduction to yourself? I, I first of all, Christy, am so honored that you have asked me to be a part of this. Very honored. I guess I'm also um, a nurse practitioner and an author and what they call an inspirational speaker. Um, So that's, and a mother. (laughs) As so many roles, I love that you um, included all of those because those are all such a piece of us. They're all uh, a piece of who we are, what we're here to do. So I love that. Um, so I I would love to just kind of dive into your story, you know, just kind of starting from the beginning, you, you had a a very life altering experience. So do you mind, do you mind sharing about that with us and what happened? I'd be honored to. In May of 2008, I sustained literally a life altering experience, which merged in lieu of my previous life's vision. Unfortunately, I suffered from severe traumatic brain injury following a bicycle accident. As I awoke from a coma, I reversed back in time as a three-year-old again, relearning life's basic skills. Frustratingly, due to my disabilities, I had to let go of the mother that I was before, the career as well as a nurse practitioner that I had. And so I was in such despair. I often question God, why am I still here? What on earth is my life's purpose now? I was going to ask, do you remember anything from the accident? No, thank God. I've had four brain surgeries and I'm really not supposed to be alive. So I was in a coma, you name it. Thank God I don't remember. Wow. And so when you're in the coma, did you... um... You know, did you kind of have any experiences sometimes when people have these near death experiences, which is exactly what it sounds like that you had, you know, they'll describe um, kind of a going to the light scenario or, 
you know, an experience that happened while they were in this state that kind of uh, shifted things for them. Did you have any kind of experience when you were in the coma like that? Well, the first thing that to me is amazing is I love music. I love to dance both ballroom and my favorite is Latin music. And so my sister went on and put on some Latin music and I, you know, I was in a coma and I had my arms restrained and I think my legs weren't restrained at that point. But with the music, I started moving my body to the beat and just especially my legs. And she was shocked and scared. So she shut the music off. But to me, it was my brain sending a message. I'm still in here. Then when, um, let's see, when I returned home, my brain was cluttered with denial and confusion and anger, depression, and hopelessness. And I uh, wanted to know why my body and my mind and spirit were so damaged. And I went to um, walk with my aunt to a physician that is a neuro-ophthalmologist for all the damage I had in the different parts of my brain. That was a huge area that could have been really impacted. And he was looking at my CT and then looking at me walking towards him and back at the CT and me walking in, he said, when I got up to him, he said, I can't believe you're walking to me. I can't even believe that you are alive. He said, you are a miracle. And of course, I was very confused and just clueless over what he was even talking about. But as months went by, I called a spiritual and clairvoyant counselor and know that I've always, always loved angels. And she said behind and all around my head were three archangels. Archangel Raphael, who's a chief angel of healing, uh, who provides also emotional and physical healing, Archangel Haniel, which is an angel of joy and grace, and Archangel Metatron, which is an angel of life. And they were telling me in, of course, a loving way that I was dying, but going to a wonderful, bright, loving place. And I wasn't scared. I just said, can we talk about this? I said, which is so me. I said, I have a loving husband and three children, and I love to help people heal. Is there any way I can stay? So they talked to the divine or God, whatever you choose to believe. And I was told then that I was going to need a lot of help but that they would have people help me on the way so that I could stay alive. So I believe that now after learning so much more about life. 
and survival. I'm just like, that's just incredible. I literally have goosebumps on my arm right now, just because, um, you know, like you said, you, you, you weren't, I just picture you in a room, just bargaining kind of like, okay, but I'm not ready because that's how I would be too. I'd be like, wait, I have so much more that I want to do. I have, you know, my family, I have all these things that I want to do to help people. I could just see you there because I could see myself there doing the same thing. And so I, you know, I, I think that it's beautiful that you were, were given this opportunity to come back. Like you said, it's, it's, been a journey, I'm sure. Like you, there, there was a lot of things that you were going to need to overcome. But let's kind of, I'd love to talk a little more about that. So you said you reversed back to uh, a three-year-old again, having to relearn those basic life skills. Um, how long did that stage kind of last? And, and what was it like kind of uh, going through that? What what life lesson did you, were you able to kind of pull from that time? Oh my gosh, it took a while. I mean, I'd have to ask my husband and my kids how long it took, but that's a part of brain injury. It's step-by-step daily little things that take place. And a lot of people want you to, like my kids, come on, go back to the mom you were before. The hardest part of being a mom at that time was that my youngest was eight years old and she literally came, was my mother. And I have sobbed about that for so many years. She teached me how to use the microwave. She teach me, she would be frustrated because I didn't do card games like I used to do. Um, she tried to show me from easier types of card games and I couldn't name um, like she loves horses and I couldn't name that when I would see the picture. And so she has grown up now to be an incredible woman in that she gives to so many people, but she's, I'm going to say she's in charge, which is hilarious. Um, because she's still mom. When she walks with me, mom, there's a step. Mom, hang on to the handle, you know, kind of stuff. And I used to be sad about it, but now I laugh. But she is so amazing at all that she does. She's almost graduated now to be an elementary education teacher. And kids love her. And she just has stamina um, that she's never going to quit. She and she takes care of stuff on her own, even when she was, you know, in elementary school. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, and as hard as it is on us as mothers, because I imagine before that you were a very active mother, you know, playing the games with them. And so it was different for everybody. And um you know, I'm a mother to five boys, so I can only imagine my youngest is nine. So very, very similar in the same age. So I could only imagine uh, what that would look like. But I, I love that you say that it, well, first of all, I believe that it's meant to be part of their experience. 
I used to feel guilty about, you know, some of the things that I'd done in the past or some of the way that, you know, certain situations have played out. Um, and I have to remind myself that's part of their journey too, and shaping them into the people that they need to be to continue their journey here on earth. And uh, just thinking of it from that point of view brought me a lot more comfort. Um, just that they're learning the lessons that they need to learn so that they are prepared for what they need to be do here and be here for. So that, that was hard at the time, but uh, it's obviously transformed your relationship today with your daughter. Um, now you had two other kids as well. Did you find that, um, was it your daughter taking care of you a lot or did you find that the other children were involved in that as well? Well, the oldest um, was in high school and she was really busy with other activities. But my second um, child was 12 years old and he went ahead at school, I don't know, it was fifth or sixth grade and told my story. Um, blew teachers away. Then I had my first horrible grand mal seizure. And um, my mother could hear my voice and the lack of words I could use. And she said, you know, can you get your mom to lie down? And he was just going to walk towards me and I fell face first onto a hardwood floor. I was bleeding from my mouth and my nose, and obviously I wasn't conscious. He turned me to my side and pinched my nose so I could breathe. And he called 911 and the police officer came in who was actually a neighbor said, I have never seen a 12 year old respond to such trauma with his own mother to help save her life. Um, he was also in the Boy Scouts. And so I think, you know, that's where he learned a lot of this. Um, so he kind of watches me too sometimes. <laughs> and I don't feel so bad about it anymore. I'm honored. Wow. Our kids are incredible. Your kids are incredible. Wow. Just, um, you know, and I love that because while it was frustrating, it's created almost a nurturing environment, you know, where they nurture you. It's created a different dynamic. It's allowed them, I believe, to be more passionate, I mean, more compassionate, more empathetic, more, um, more able to see uh, both sides of the pictures, kind of more perspectives for them to look at situations. Incredible. So it's been a journey for you. Now, now um, you share your own story. You've written a book. You share on podcasts. You speak. So, you know, tell us more about when, when you decided in your recovery process that you wanted to start doing this? Well, the thing that really upset me is several physicians said, Bridget, 
you can't go back to being a nurse practitioner. You've lost your knowledge base. You can't stay up, up, and I still can't, eight hours at a time, blah, blah, blah. And part of me was very angry, and then I thought, I'm going to show you. And so I started by going through my charts and reading, because I was so in denial for so long, what happened in the hospital and in recovery. I was blown away. Um, I was still seeing, this was a year, I think, still seeing speech therapists and occupational therapists. And I thought, I want to tell people my story. And so, I, I mean, I had what I would call um, earth angels come my way all the time. Because I created a PowerPoint presentation of my pictures in the coma, of my CTs, of my, and then my first folks that I presented to were students at the University of Iowa that in speech therapy, and they couldn't believe it. Um, I, I still, they were helping me with. Um, what's called aphasia, which I still have. Um, and uh, I can, sometimes I have a hard time getting words. Sometimes I don't spell right. I don't say words right, whatever. And several of them that were in tears, one of them was crying so hard she had to leave the room. And I found that it, I was in shock, of course, and couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. They said, we have never seen anyone with severe traumatic brain injury be able to do this ever. Um, so that was from then I started speaking. Um, I started with presenting to nurses in Grand Rounds. And then I moved on. <laughs> and before I go speak, of course, I was terrified, but I, I talked to the angels. And I said, can you please help me say uh, what would matter most to the people listening and give me a sense of calmness so that I can do this? I love that because I have a similar ritual before every podcast interview. I try to clear my space and I just ask um, you know, my guides to bring into the space what needs to be brought into the space for every episode. So I'm over here like, mm-hmm. So oh, this is incredible. So this, you know, this is not like as a traumatic brain injury survivor, like you said, this, this is incredible, the things that you are doing. Um, now, do you still retain, you know, you talked about being a nurse practitioner before, did you lose that knowledge? Do you retain any knowledge from before the accident or memories? Off and on. I often forget how to spell a word. And when I see a word, that's not even that difficult. It does not look like what the word actually is. So 
I know it would be very hard for me to go back. Um, so that I've had to learn how to let go. But the, the next step that I did is people weren't buying the book. And I'm like, I can't just sit here. Or no, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. People weren't calling me to present. And I thought, I can't just sit here at home and blah, blah, blah. Besides being a mother, which was 10 times harder than it used to be. So I somehow, from um, the University of Iowa, the college of, I might say, anyway, the word is not coming to me, but they had gotten a grant to help people write a chapter in a book called Progression that they helped me, an editor, step by step. So I wrote that first. And then she said, Bridget, you got to write your own story. And I looked at her like she was crazy. And she said, that will help your memory. That will also um, help you process all that's gone on. Because um, it's like you transfer the problem from your brain to the paper. And I, I mean, before I would type anything, I always ask the angels, can you help me with the sentence, with the process you want me to write about? Um, and that's what happened. And her and another editor helping me. You know, I feel like, did this also learn you to discovering, uh, learn lead to you discovering Reiki. So I know that uh, my own experience, I was an ER nurse for 10 years and um, I loved that. Oh, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And then I left to become a stay-at-home mom, which I love that too. But then you talk about there was... There was just something that was missing. You know, I identified so much with that career, had poured so much of myself into it, loved it so much. It was such a hard transition. Um, and that's why uh, I feel like my reintroduction back kind of into healthcare and into helping people was with Reiki myself. I started out receiving Reiki and I quickly was just like, what is this? I have to learn this. I have to teach this to other people. And I felt like that was really a catalyst to my beginning to now build a business that you know, I'm not nursing in the traditional sense. We're not caring for patients. We're not, um, you know, in there in the, the thick of it, doing the things. How were we able to take our, our, you know, passion and translate that into a different way that we can help people? You're doing it with your words, writing books. You also, uh, you also are a Reiki practitioner, right? How did you get introduced? Well, I, when um, nobody was paying much attention to the book, and I thought, okay, again. So I started to remember, wait a minute, when you were in graduate school, you learned healing touch. And that I had some powerful experiences with. And, but then I went on to nursing, 
But then I started thinking, wait a minute, learn something further. And so that's where I did learn Reiki. And for me, it's a spiritually guided life force energy. And despite my fear of losing my abilities, you know, I learned that Bridget, you still can help people heal. So now I do it both distance Reiki and in my home. And I've had profound experiences. Granted, I have to, you know, ask the angels and whomever will come with me because it's not me doing this on my own. Okay, this is a powerful group of people um, that guide me through other people. And I, I question myself for so long and I still question myself that I can even do this. And really, angels, are you really telling me that? Now, come on. And so, yes, like in many other women, I'm very hard on myself. Um, but what it does is it truly bursts my soul. And giving healing to others, it's like over time I learned that I really didn't lose my life's purpose. I'm like, holy cow, this is still healing. Um, and when the people read my book, they feel hope and healing. And when I present, but I couldn't necessarily see that. It's taken me a while, but I'm starting to learn that what people give me in feedback from Reiki, that I have to believe. Wow. So powerful. I love that you shared that because like you said, it's, it's not the form of uh, medicine that you thought that you would be practicing or the way you thought you would be helping people, but you're making such a profound difference and still, still, um, still on that healing journey of helping people making a difference. I think it's incredible. When I do um, webcasts, I, um, the title of my presentation is I believe in the power of believing. And I share that through more specific details of what has happened. Mm, I love that. So within your book, people will be able to learn uh, more about your story, right? Yeah. And then where are we able to find your book? It's on your website. Is it also on Amazon or? The information about the book besides Amazon and my website, there's some on Facebook as well, but it's called Discovering My Life's Purpose from Tragedy to Triumph. On my website, you can also learn more, a little bit more um, about my injury and um, the outcomes also the feedback I've received from Reiki. And I do give a little five-minute Reiki for whoever checks in the website. And um, I also show when I've had a webcast that you can view the presentation itself to see if anybody else would ever, you know, because I've presented to 
healthcare professionals, to um, survivors, to advocates, to anybody that's suffering from anyone. And that's important to me. I think that that's incredible that you're, you're continuing to just, like you said, help and heal people. Um, so I will make sure that everything is linked down in show notes that you'll be able to go to Bridget's website. We'll have a link straight to the book. Um, and then I would love to know, you said you do Reiki healing. So if somebody wanted to book with you, they're able to schedule a session on your website. Is that correct? Yes. Or Facebook. Beside, under my name on Facebook, there's my um, position or whatever it's called that you click into that and it's called Believe in the Power of Believing. So that's how you find me. Perfect. So you'll be able to scroll down. Please connect with myself, with Bridget. We want to hear about your takeaways from this episode. Um, I feel like I could ask so many more questions. We could dive into so many more things, but um you know, I feel like what you've shared with us today has been incredible and inspirational and a real testament to just what can be done when you, and you believe in the power of yourself and of healing and um, the power of overcoming. So Bridget, I would love to know, do you, do you have a final message for for anybody that might be listening or just uh, some words that you want people to leave them with. There's something you want people to know. Well, the first thing is I have to let you know that I don't know at what point I was talking. I think before the angels that you got these goosebumps all down your arms. And every time I do and other people, that's angels right there showing you they're with you. So believe in that, number one. And secondly, is I just I I I just my word is blossom in such joy when I give to others. And I want to be there for anyone that needs me. I will give the best that I can, but I'm here for you all with a lot of love and hugs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Bridget, you gave me goosebumps again when you said that about the angels. <laughs> I thought you're right. They are right here because I just goosebumped up again. <laughs> so we need the feedback people tell you about what I've shared today. I'd be so honored. Please share with us. Please reach out to myself. Please reach out to Bridget. Let us know uh, what you thought. Please go and purchase Bridget's book, read more of her story. Um, I, I am really excited actually to go look at it and I would love to dive in to learn more about it. So I just have to thank you for being here today, being willing to share your story, being willing just to kind of jump into this conversation with me, uh, share from your heart so vulnerably. So thank you for showing up in this space today with me. Oh, Christy, bless your heart for asking me. And I'm sending you so many hugs and much love. Thank you for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. Come and connect with me over on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin. 
and let me know what your takeaways were and what you want to hear more of. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these awesome episodes. Leave a review if you love the show and I will see you next time.